Welcome to Everyday Cannabis with host Eva Sativa. This groundbreaking podcast aims to clear the smoke on reefer madness by providing honest, open, and real cannabis talk with no sticks, no seeds, and no shame. Now, here's your host, Eva Sativa. Hello, hello, and welcome to Everyday Cannabis with me, Eva Sativa. And as always, our mascot, my service dog, Boris, the Russian toy terrier, who uh, is impersonating a chihuahua. We're really not sure. (laughs) Whatever he is, he's perfect. And I am so excited that uh, my co-host, Rebecca Gaska, is with us today. She hasn't had a chance to be with us since the first episode. Uh, We are live tweeting, as usual, so send us your questions. Uh, Remember, this show, it's not about me, it's all about you. So let me know what you want to hear about, or you have questions uh, that you have for us that you'd like answered. You are invited to this party, people, so you can be a part of this show. So hi, Rebecca. You've been so busy, I know. Uh, Why don't you tell our listeners some of the cool stuff you've been doing since you were on last? Yeah. Hi. Great to be back. It's been really awesome to be able to listen in while I've been traveling or otherwise away from the desk. And um, great job. I'm, I'm so excited. I've shared your show with a bunch of friends and, of course, family. And I've gotten some text messages from my mom's friends who want to talk to me <laughs> about, about CBD and about how they can incorporate it into their life to help them with some of the things that they're experiencing Um, But I've been traveling. I've been really focusing on what's coming up in Pennsylvania. Of course, Governor uh, Wolf in Pennsylvania signed some legislation there a couple of months ago. And the Department of Health is furiously working on some temporary regulations to be able to move forward with the program in Pennsylvania. So we're working with some clients out there. And I'm super excited about that. It's going to be a good um, project that's going to bring us through the end of the year and into the early parts of next year. So it's a very unique state in how they've sort of framed out their uh, their their intentions, and we're going to see some really interesting shifts in terms of partnerships with medical schools out there, which is really exciting. Um, some of the medical schools have really taken a leap forward and they're putting together working groups and really looking forward towards uh, incorporating some curriculum perhaps into their medical schools, which will be a total game changer. I mean, I think one of the, one of the biggest challenges that we've had in the industry for many years now is getting enough doctors to really understand the endocannabinoid system and be in a position to be reasonably recommending cannabis from state to state. So that's been most of the focus, but you know, lots of things happening everywhere. So I'm excited to be here though with you today. Well, I'm really glad you could be here too. I know you're a travel and fraggle. Wherever, wherever the wind takes you, wherever, wherever there is cannabis uh, action, Rebecca will be there. Uh, so, um, well, I am practically bursting at the seams right now because I am so excited about our guest today, and I just don't want to waste any more time uh, than let's and to get to introducing him, um, and then uh, and then we'll just get on with it. So today, my friends, we have the great pleasure of speaking with the one and only Keith Stroop, who is truly an amazing human being and a cannabis hero. I, I really owe my life to the 
great work of Keith and and Normal and uh, the work that they have done and they continue to do since founding it in 1970. Uh, Normal, or the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, is a public interest lobby based in uh, Washington, D.C., that for more than 40 years now, and that's a long time, uh, that's about as old as many years as I am alive, has provided a voice in the public policy arena for the millions of otherwise law-abiding Americans who consume cannabis responsibly. Welcome, Keith. Thank you, Eve. It's nice to be with you. It is such a pleasure to have you here. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of different listeners and all of them have different levels of uh, education on on cannabis and cannabis activism. Uh, So do you mind explaining to the listeners who uh, may not have familiarity with it what normal is, uh, what it is, and what it is that you do? No, I'm I'm delighted to. Uh, We have always been, uh, I, I helped with a group of friends form normal back in late 1970, and it was a result of some work I had done with consumer advocate Ralph Nader. And so we set it up as a consumer lobby, but instead of product safety that Ralph had worked on, and I had worked on a commission with with Ralph, um, we wanted to legalize marijuana. I, I, frankly, first smoked marijuana in 1965 when I was a freshman at Georgetown Law School. And I've been a regular smoker ever since. So um, in, a, in a way, uh, the fact that uh, we got into marijuana and the consumer side of it was something that really excited me as a lawyer. I, I had thought lawyers graduated law school and they went back home and got rich or represented clients. (laughs) But all of a sudden I was presented with this model that Ralph Nader did where he was using his law degree to try to impact public policy rather than to get rich or to get his clients rich. So I I really was excited about that. And uh, also, I had been uh, radicalized by the Vietnam War. I graduated Georgetown Law School in 1968. It was the height of the anti-Vietnam War demonstrations and height of the Vietnam War. Uh, the biggest demonstration that year had over 500,000 people came to Washington on the mall. And, you know, we wanted to end that war. Well, I was coming out of law school, and back then, um, if you were not a full-time student, you were subject to the draft. And I had stayed a student as long as I could, but I was still looking at Vietnam. So my generation... Uh, became radicalized to some degree by the Vietnam War and the draft. We didn't want to go over and die for a war we didn't know what was about or believe in. Um, And once we began to question the government about the war, we realized there were a lot of other things we weren't sure we liked about the government's line. So for me, because I had started smoking in 65 as a freshman at law school, Uh, by the time I was free of the draft and I could decide what I wanted to do, I wanted to do public interest law rather than to try to get rich. And I wanted to legalize marijuana because it was important in my life. So that's really how it came about. 
Wow, that's really cool. You know, I, I consider myself very lucky to have been born a flower child. I, w- I was born in the, uh, well, early 70s, and uh, my parents were very open-minded. My parents, I, my dad's a lawyer, too. I have a, lawyer, a lot of lawyers in my family, <laughs> that's why I was laughing. Uh, but uh, he, he originally wanted to be a philosopher, <laughs> and, and he still is. But, uh, but you know, I, I, felt, I feel like that was a really a good time uh, for uh, open-mindedness about marijuana, and then, and then something happened. <laughs> but, oh, but, by the way, back in those years, I mean, as bad as the war was and as bad as the draft was, what all of us realized later is that uh, they required us to think about serious issues earlier than we might otherwise have thought about them. And so uh, it radicalized us. And uh, for me, that that meant, you know, let's, I wanted to put my time into legalizing marijuana. Now, back then, we thought it was going to take about 10 years. <laughs> and that was 45 years ago, 46. So uh, we were naive, of course. You have to be to take, take on that kind of a challenge. But um, <laughs> only 12%, by the way, of the American public, when we found it normal, supported legalizing marijuana. Gallup did a poll, actually, the year before in 69, first year they ever measured the support. And it was only 12%, 88% of people were opposed to what we were trying to achieve. But over the years, I mean, little by little, um, we won the hearts and minds of a majority of the American public. We now have surveys showing from 56 to 61% support. Um, and most of those are non-smokers. Only about 14 or 15% of the public are current smokers. Maybe 44% or higher have tried it at some point in their life. But in terms of current smokers, it's, uh, it's fairly modest, 15%. Um, but You've come yet a long we are win- way. <laughs> well, we are, winning, way. We, we are winning this issue because we have won the hearts and minds of the non-smokers. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're pro-pot. It's that they've realized that prohibition is a bad public policy. And so uh, they understand that. Uh, the the results of prohibition are far worse than any impact from marijuana. So um, we are winning this in the old-fashioned way. We have literally finally convinced the majority of the American public that marijuana prohibition is a bad public policy. And on that note, uh, which is absolutely the truth, <laughs> uh, we're going to have to take a really quick break, but we will be right back. I'm Eva Sativa, and you're listening to Everyday Cannabis with my co-host, Rebecca Gaska, and our esteemed guest, Keith Stroop, the founder of Normal and Legal Advisor, 40 years going. If you want to know all about his journey and how he basically changed the world, you can purchase his fascinating book, Normalizing Cannabis, Legalizations Past and Future, which is available um, on Amazon, I know. I know you can get it through High Times. Is there a preferred venue, Keith? No, nah, it doesn't matter. It's actually called uh, It's Normal to Smoke Pot. Ah, it's um, normal it, to yeah, smoke pot. Yeah, our, our basic premise is there's nothing wrong with a responsible pot smoker. So we've always been out front. So the title is It's Normal to Smoke Pot. It's I Normal it. to Smoke Pot. And according to Willie Nelson, this book is a, it's a terrific review of the marijuana legalization movement over the last 40 years in America from the person who has been at the center of it all, normal founder Keith Stroop. If Willie says it's good, 
you know it's good. So <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> we a are. Friend. I, I've been privileged to know Willie since about seven, 1974, 75. And uh, during the Jimmy Carter years, the Carter administration, um, I, he and I used to smoke marijuana with uh, one of the Carter kids uh, with some <laughs> regularity. And so uh, we actually do go back a long way and we stay in touch. I, I greatly admire him. He's a great talent, and he's, he was one of the first celebrities in America to have the courage to stand up and say there's nothing wrong with smoking marijuana. That's right, and, and we'll be right back. It's normal to smoke pot. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Cannabis is your passion, and you've worked hard to build your business. But the industry is evolving. Every day, new regulations make it harder to stay competitive. At Greenlight Drafts, we think compliance should make it easier. Our operations, plans, policies, and procedures can help your business comply with complicated and time-consuming requirements. While cannabis may be your passion, ours is compliance. Call us today at 844-GRN-LGHT. That's 844-GRN-LGHT. Or visit us online at Greenlight Drafts. Do you want your business to change the world? At Pistol and Stigma, we know that the most successful organizations add holistic value to their communities. Our government and community relations professionals use methods that encourage social impact and accountability to develop your mission-driven work. Find out how at PistolandStigma.com or contact us at 1-844-476-5448. That's 1-844-476-5448. Pistol and Stigma, connecting people to policy and you to your community. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Everyday Cannabis. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. That's Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, hello. I'm sure you know by now that I'm Eva, but I'm here with Rebecca Gascat, several dogs, and my hero, Keith Stroop, founder of Normal and Legal Advisor. You can live tweet questions for any of us. The handle is Eva Sativa 775 uh, If you have questions for Keith or what do you want to know but we're always afraid to ask about, there are no stupid questions. And this is truly a no-judgment zone here on Everyday Cannabis. So, Keith, one of the questions that I, I wanted to ask you about, you know, you've been working and doing this for for 40 years now. You've stuck with this cause. 40 years of fighting. Um, and I've only been at it half-assed for like 25 and full force, you know, for, for, for maybe four. And it, it can be frustrating. It can be heartbreaking, but also thoroughly rewarding. Uh, but it's a constant roller coaster of emotions, at least the track that I've been on. So there must have been many frustrations along the way. Were there times like that you felt like giving up? And, uh, and if so, what did you do to keep yourself going? How, how do you keep it, the faith? 
Well, first off, I think I didn't start off with even a need to challenge authority. I was actually a Midwestern farm boy and was perfectly happy, uh, you know, getting my law degree and going back and practicing law. But because of the impact of the Vietnam War and the threat of the draft, um, I, I did become radicalized. And so uh, at that point, there, there was no turning back. It, it seemed to me that um, it really had to do with an essence of who you were. You had to take a stand and uh, what was moral and what was not. Well, um, so when I decided to do public interest law, I realized I, you know, I wouldn't make much money and that a lot of years there would be some uh, dismal news. And by the way, just for the record, let me tell you the interesting thing about this movement. We in essence, started in 70, when Norma was founded. Uh, by 78, we had decriminalized marijuana in 11 states. And mm. we thought at that time, because of the impact of the Marijuana Commission report and the work we had done in those 11 states, that we were very close to decriminalizing marijuana all across the country, uh, meaning that you don't, don't arrest uh, a personal use, you know. It wasn't a perfect, it was a compromise solution, but it was a recommendation of the Marijuana Commission, so we were pushing it. Well, mm-hmm. not only were we wrong that we didn't win the rest of the country, but in fact, over the next two or three years, the mood of the country turned very conservative. And mm-hmm. you had Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan and just say no. And instead of asking <laughs> the question of, uh, why are we hurting all these people for the personal use of marijuana by treating them as criminals? The question was, why are we sending a wrong signal to our kids? You know, mm-hmm. it was as, as if, as adults, we shouldn't do anything inappropriate for children. Well, uh, I, uh, when I first heard that, I thought it was a silly argument. But in fact, I think for several years in the 80s, that was the mood of the country. But fortunately, they came back. And by... Uh, 96 in California, we finally won the first statewide victory in 18 years after Nebraska in 1978. So you recognize that the country's mood changes sometimes about these things. But what's really impressive right now is that not only is the marijuana legalization movement seem to be on a really positive trajectory, but it's almost parallel with the gay rights and gay marriage movement. Mm-hmm. And what that says to me is, it's about personal freedom. What people have realized is, the government has no business coming into our homes to know what music we listen to, what books we read, or how we conduct ourselves in the bedroom. Uh, nor do they have the right to know whether we smoke marijuana or drink alcohol. It's none of their damn business. And I think the country is actually... Um, uh, not consciously, but we have come to that conclusion. Otherwise, you wouldn't see the whole country has adopted a gay marriage, and the country is now adopting legal marijuana, you know, state by state. But Yeah, that's a really good point. I've never really thought about it that way. Uh, and uh, it makes sense. I think, you know, if people are tired of, of having to also go through hoops and gatekeepers and uh, and just uh, all, all sorts of paperwork and not have a say in in their healthcare decisions as well. So they want to be able to make these decisions for themselves, 
because who knows you better than you. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about here in Nevada, uh, I've, I've met with a lot of patients when we first uh, opened the dispensary. I no longer worked there, but um, it was the first uh, seed to sell dispensary in Reno. And uh, a lot of people were reluctant to get cards here. And I would talk to them about why they were reluctant. And m- the number one reason is they felt like if, if they got the card, they would be even more discriminated against because they, they were afraid they would face job discrimination and lose their job. They were fearful of child custody issues um, and also uh, DUI uh, charges because we all know most of us patients, you know, driving around are going to probably test positive and, and, by, and, it, and by the way, Eve, it's not just the patients. It's all of us that smoke. Well, yes, all of us. I Consumers, mean, right, all of us. You know, even if you only smoke occasionally, you'll test positive for five to eight days. And someone like myself who's a long-term smoker, it, it could be six or eight weeks before I could pass a drug test. So that idea that a drug test for uh, THC equates with impairment is something we need to brush aside and get over. And and by the way, there are major efforts underway to do that, to educate state legislators and federal legislators that what we need is a test for impairment. None of us want impaired uh, employees going to work, for example, whether it's beer or marijuana or anything else. No, don't go to work stoned. Uh, and we don't want you driving your car stoned or drunk. But that doesn't mean that because you have some THC in your system, you could lose your custody of your child, which, by the way, is a real issue right now in a lot of states. They presume if a nosy neighbor calls up and says, uh, I smell marijuana next door and I know they have minor children, they call up. The first thing they do is announce an immediate home inspection, which is to presume that if you smoke marijuana, you must have a filthy home that's inappropriate for raising a child. You know, I mean, it's a... Oh, of course, but, right, but, right. But, okay, okay, so we get by that. <laughs> the next thing, they require you to take a drug education course, which you pay for, a parenting course, which you pay for, and to swear that you will never smoke in front of your kids, minor children, only after they've gone to bed at night and sleep or visiting their grandparents on a weekend. Now, come on, let's be oh, real. That's crazy. We know America that's with beer drinkers sitting there in front of the TV watching football throwing beer cans, and they got kids all over the place. We never found that to be a problem. So uh-huh. a lot of this bullshit right now is leftover anti-marijuana prejudice. But, Reefer madness. Reefer yeah, madness. but that's right. It, it's leftover from another era but it will require us to go back and fix it. It won't be fixed automatically. Uh, even in legalization states, people should understand that if you have a private employer and he wants to do a drug test, uh, if you test positive, he can fire you without any suggestion that you were impaired on the job, just that you had THC in your system. Well, of course, if you smoked on a weekend, you'd have THC in your system, but it wouldn't affect you when you came to work on Monday. So, uh, in the child custody, I don't want to string this out too long, but (coughs) what the goal should be is to treat responsible marijuana smokers fairly. 
And that means the same way non-smokers are treated regard those kinds of things. We're not looking for special privilege, but we want to get as soon as possible to the point where if you're a responsible marijuana smoker, you should not pay a price. And I would sh- agree. And you shouldn't live in fear. You shouldn't live in fear of, of uh, losing your children, especially. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It, uh, it, it's terrible. I, I will tell you that probably twice a week, I hope not that often, but I think so, I hear from a parent who is fighting that issue. In most of the cases, I'm happy to say, they eventually get regain custody of the child if they lost it. But they are humiliated. They are put through this incredible process for which the only sin they committed was that they had smoked marijuana recreationally instead of getting drunk. I mean, that's just idiotic. But uh, we do understand. We're still working our way out. There was a survey by a group called The Third Way in Washington last year in which they tested both do you support legalizing marijuana, which the majority did, and then they dug deeper and said, do you smoke or do you not? And of the non-smokers, they asked them what, how they felt about marijuana smoker, smokers and smoking. And for medical use, they were just slightly, 52 or 53% favorable. But for uh, recreational smokers, oh, they were overwhelmingly, like 64%, had a negative impression of recreational marijuana smokers. Now, to their credit, they supported us on the point that they shouldn't be treated as criminals, so they were willing to end prohibition. But I just just felt bad that they had such a bad sense of who we are. Well, and that's what we're trying to do, you know, just the one one person at a time stand up and be counted and say, this is what a marijuana user looks like, and it's not what you think. Um, And... uh, you know, I'm a cannabis user, and and have everyone, you know, let us stand up and be proud, uh, cannabis users, to show the the world that it's not what you think it is, and uh, you know, the majority of of our demographic when we first opened, I believe, was like 55 years old. It was seniors. Um, it, 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 you know, and, and it's slowly skewing a little bit younger, but, but that was our demographic was little old ladies and some soccer moms and veterans and, and, you know, the mom, the the nice lady next door, uh, that's who it is. Um, so we're gonna have to take another break, I'm afraid, but, uh, if you like what you've been listening to and you're interested in advertising on everyday cannabis or being a sponsor or being a guest, if you have a product for us to review or something exciting to talk about, please contact us at info at everydaycannabisradio.com or you can contact me directly at eva at everydaycannabisradio.com. We'll be right back, so toke up, but stay tuned. Uh, we are going to keep talking with the great Keith Stroop. If we have time, we might do some news, uh, and we're definitely going to do a product review. Yay, fun. <laughs> we'll be right back with you, and enjoy the break. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
cannabis is your passion, and you've worked hard to build your business. But the industry is evolving. Every day, new regulations make it harder to stay competitive. At Greenlight Drafts, we think compliance should make it easier. Our operations, plans, policies, and procedures can help your business comply with complicated and time-consuming requirements. While cannabis may be your passion, ours is compliance. Call us today at 844-GRN-LGHT. That's 844-GRN-LGHT. Or visit us online at greenlightdrafts.com. Do you want your business to change the world? At Pistol and Stigma, we know that the most successful organizations add holistic value to their communities. Our government and community relations professionals use methods that encourage social impact and accountability to develop your mission-driven work. Find out how at pistolandstigma.com or contact us at 1-844-476-5448. That's 1-844-476-5448. Pistol and Stigma, connecting people to policy and you to your community. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Everyday Cannabis. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Eva at everydaycannabisradio.com. That's Eva at everydaycannabisradio.com. Now, back to the show. All right. Sorry, but we're welcome back. And uh, we are here with Keith Stroop and Rebecca Gaska. And uh, I think Rebecca was going to just go ahead and dive right in with a a question for Keith. Yeah, Keith, thank you so much for all of your remarks. First of all, what an inspiration. And I loved hearing sort of the backstory and what inspired you. Um, I am not an attorney. I don't have any law school debt. I'm pretty thankful about that. But I I did used to lobby for the American Civil Liberties Union. That's how I got my start in drug policy before I started Pistol and Sigma. And even back then, I was working on some of the driving under the influence laws. Nevada has some of the most stringent laws in the nation. And I think our listeners deserve to understand that from state to state, the DUI laws really have a range some of them have automatic guilties if you just have a minimum level of metabolites, THC metabolites in your blood versus active THC. And I think that, that you were really right in terms of the, the fact that we really need to only be incarcerating people if they are factually under the influence. And so I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about, A, which states have the most progressive DUI laws that maybe Nevada should model itself after or that other states coming on board should model itself after? And B, uh, what kind of maybe coalition building you've done to help uh, see or that normal is done kind of out of the box partnership making to help see proposals like this forward or, or any other proposals that you know seem to be controversial but really aren't because people are actually on the same page about it once they start to think about it. Uh, well, I agree with you, by the way, that this is one of those issues which 
uh, can certainly excite people politically when a bill is pending or a, leg- or a, a voter initiative is pending in a state, which is, you know, how do we treat people who are driving while they're impaired? Uh, in most instances, by the way, that's greatly exaggerated because every state has a driving while impaired, whether it's alcohol or or marijuana or any other drug doesn't matter. I assure you, it, they have laws they can charge you under. But what they have done in a number of states, I think about a dozen did a zero tolerance, and a number of others did a four nanogram or a five nanogram. They did these what they call DUID per se laws, where they mm-hmm. didn't have to allege or prove you were driving while impaired. They simply had to say that they took a blood sample or a urine sample and they either had an active or inactive uh, THC level of a certain thing. Well, um, you know, that's an easy, tempting thing for a culture who's been accustomed to a point oh eight alcohol test. You know, I'm not, I don't know whether that is accurate or not. I suspect there's a variance there as well. But with marijuana in particular, because the THC tends to adhere to the fatty tissues and it's eliminated in a regular fashion, uh, you will test up and down and positive and negative for quite a while, but you're only impaired for an hour or maybe 90 minutes after you smoke. So uh, rather than trying to uh, determine whether there's THC in one system, uh, which is meaningless other than if you want to know if they ever smoked marijuana, well, half the adults in the country have. Uh, but uh, if you're trying to determine who's impaired and shouldn't be driving or running a train or flying a plane or whatever, uh, there are certainly ways to do that. But it's not a THC level. It's an impairment test. Um, you know, uh, evaluate their ability with short-term memory loss and with immediate recall and with dealing with emergencies. I'm, I don't know, but I'm guessing there's six or eight categories uh, that all of them have to do well in. Well, then measure that, but don't measure THC because that, is, that does not determine whether you were impaired. Got it. So uh, I uh, actually have a, a question that from uh, from Twitter, and this one comes from my dad, the, the attorney I just mentioned. <laughs> so he wants he wants to know, Keith, um, what do you think is the main holdup with Congress? Well, it, I think it's a generational thing, and understand that elected officials, who especially who were. Uh, mature and living during the 80s and 90s, the one lesson they learned well was don't get too far out on uh, being soft on drugs or crime because uh, it used to be that if your opponent ran on a a platform that said, I'm tougher than the other guy on drugs and crime, he'd be elected and you'd be defeated. So for these elected officials, uh, they treated marijuana policy like uh, too hot to handle so they mm. wouldn't get near it didn't matter what they meant uh, personally a lot of them were friendly personally but uh, they thought they couldn't deal with it or they'd be thrown out of office well what has happened is over the last few years that's changed we now have a majority of the country on our side so more and more in every state even oklahoma you know alabama mississippi the the last states i think that will probably actually legalize marijuana there are people standing up in those legislatures and saying come on 
let's get real here. So I, I, I think we're winning this. It's just it's a process that will take, oh, I don't know, like 15 years or something. I hope not longer than that. Um, but we've was, had we've had eighty five years or something of uh, prohibition. So yeah, right. Hey, thanks for the question, uh, Ralph Losey, <laughs> e discovery attorney and dad. You are are also still and always will be my my hero too. Um, <laughs> so uh, one concern I I have and. Uh, uh, why I oh okay just checking the time there. Uh, why I do patient advocacy is affordability. So you know the realistically a realistic uh, re- reality of switching to marijuana or cannabis as medicine. I know because I have paid upwards of a thousand dollars per month for like a new medication that's not covered by insurance. That you know m- medicine can be expensive, uh, but most of them are, are covered and get down to a reasonable price. So how uh, people who are trying to use uh, cannabis, which is a large percentage of the patients that I saw anyway, to uh, get off of opiates or as an adjunct so that they can be able to use less of them. Um, They often need high-dose capsules or edibles, um, and so do people with severe pain, uh, like myself. I often need to dose two to four times a day and smoke or, or vape for breakthrough pain. So that, that gets expensive. And I'm fortunate in it to live in a, a state where I can also supplement by growing a small amount of plants and making my own medicine, my own tinctures and oils. But I'm, I'm fortunate enough to know how to do that too. Um, otherwise, it would cost at least $60 a day just for the like three dissolvable lozenges and you know some flowers or concentrates. Um, Many people, uh, they want to make the switch, but they can still get their um, Oxycontin um, or their fentanyl or whatever for $4 with insurance. So do you see a day when there will be a real affordable option or Um, perhaps insurance specifically for marijuana that covers it? I read in today's Greenlight Drops newsletter that Germany's federal uh, drugs commissioner, uh, Marlene Mortler, hopes to have medical cannabis covered by insurance providers within the next year. But in, well, in, in, in this fact, there was an interesting um, sort of uh, precedent for that from the District of Columbia. Uh, a year or two ago, when they passed their uh, legalization law, uh, let me think, I guess it was the medical dispensaries they were doing, they required that the dispensaries reserve a particular portion of their sales for uh, under uh, in lower income people, and the district then supplemented that. In other mm-hmm. words, it was the first time ever uh, a state or local government had thought about subsidizing mm-hmm. medical marijuana so that mm-hmm. the poor would have the same access as the rich. But it's a it's a real point, and uh, as you point out. Uh, if you, in some situations, probably most of us, you know, we have marijuana around, it's no big deal, but there are other times when you don't, where you're having to buy at retail, and it's very expensive, of course. Now, I will say this. What we've seen in every legalization state is within a year to two years after it's legalized, it really drops. In other words, uh, at first, just having legal marijuana, the price is, is really at the peak, and people are having a good time and making a lot of money. Now, uh, 
over a year or two, oftentimes I think the wholesale price for the marijuana drops significantly. So so does the retail. So uh, it used to be in uh, the early years, I think they were paying the same in Colorado for legal marijuana as, as they were paying when there was prohibition, but they're not any longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. probably half price. In other words, you know, the so free there's hope. Did. There's hope. Well, and I think that, and the, the, the what's really important, or at least my takeaway, what I'm pushing here is that it's important that patients. It's just a plant, and that we're allowed to grow this plant ourselves, at least for our personal use, so that we can, you know, so that we can medicate. I don't think that it hurts the sales. Um, it, it's you know to have a couple plants. Uh, no, and, all, and also by the way, just in terms of personal freedom, of course yeah. you should have a right to grow a green plant. Normal has always, I'm proud to say, uh, uh, supported the right of individual cultivation. Um, it scares the authorities because they they're afraid they're going to lose control. <laughs> right. And in some ways, they're right. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, the, and 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 I understand that we and we could talk about that more, but they they but um, we do have to take another quick break. Oh, so many breaks. Uh, but we'll be right back. And um, I'm going to do a product review when we come back. It's one of MMG Agriculture's signature OGs, the Platinum OG. Uh, so that's all exciting. In case you've heard bong hits in the background, that's what that's all about i've been testing it out although i've been testing it all week (laughs) i'm just extra testing it so um i'm eva sativa and you're listening to everyday cannabis with rebecca gasta boris the service dog and our wonderful guest keith stroop will be right back at you your favorite voice america talk radio network shows and hosts are in your car outdoors and wherever you need them to be listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market Cannabis is your passion, and you've worked hard to build your business. But the industry is evolving. Every day, new regulations make it harder to stay competitive. At Greenlight Drafts, we think compliance should make it easier. Our operations, plans, policies, and procedures can help your business comply with complicated and time-consuming requirements. While cannabis may be your passion, ours is compliance. Call us today at 844-GRN-LGHT. That's 844-GRN-LGHT. Or visit us online at Greenlight Drafts. Do you want your business to change the world? At Pistol and Stigma, we know that the most successful organizations add holistic value to their communities. Our government and community relations professionals use methods that encourage social impact and accountability to develop your mission-driven work. Find out how at PistolandStigma.com or contact us at 1-844-476-5448. That's 1-844-476-5448. Pistol and Stigma, connecting people to policy and you to your community. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to everyday cannabis if you have a question or comment about our show please send an email to eva at everydaycannabisradio.com that's eva at everyday c-a-n-n-a-b-i-s radio.com 
Now, back to the show. Hello, hello. It's Eva Sativa, and it's time to do a product review. Today, I am reviewing MMG Agriculture's OGs, one of their OGs, which never disappoint. So MMG Agriculture's growers are Alone and Sarah Rosenfeld. They're a married couple like me and Jeff uh, and expert growers. Alone mastered his craft in Israel, uh, where, you know, they've been uh, doing this a lot longer than we have. And then also Cali and Colorado and around the world, really. Uh, they're, they're good friends, and they call Alone the rabbi, and he is he's truly a genius. Um, but behind every great man, well, you know the saying. What's the saying, Rebecca? Behind every great man, there is a... Uh, Amazing, beautiful, smart, intelligent, thoughtful, creative woman. You got it right, and that's Sarah. Uh, they also have an extraction production. Uh, they're they're here in Nevada, and I think they're also in California. So watch for new products coming soon. So I have been smoking and vaping their products as often as I can. Truly, I cannot get enough, and um, I haven't made a tincture or edibles with any of them because they're so good that like you know it ate last like a day or two around the Grossman's house. So I have been really uh, into the Platinum OG lately. Uh, and I would say it is worth more than the metal it's named after, if you ask me. It is one of their, you know, original genetic strains out of L.A. It is often imitated, never duplicated, and held only by a handful of old school growers. <laughs> the platinum OGs, as a strain, regularly has THC contents topping out around, like, the 20% range. It's definitely an indica-dominant hybrid, as Leafly says, it asserts itself as one of the heaviest strains around. And uh, I, would, I would agree with that statement. Um, the Leafly uh, says, okay, so this is the funny thing about genetics. You, never, you can never get the same story twice. According to Leafly, <clears throat> Platinum OG is purported to stem from three strains. Master Kush, OG Kush, and a third unknown parent. <laughs> According to WikiLeaf, she is most likely composed of Master Kush and a land race Afghanistan Indica, although some say it is Master Kush and Mendo Perps. Uh, according to another site, Medical Jane, I'm just picking these sites randomly here now at this point, but there's a combination of Master Kush, OG Kush, and uh, again, the unknown third strain, which some people believe <laughs> is the Perps strain. Uh, so, so really, I think the only person that knows is alone, and uh, he ain't telling. But the flowers are lime green and plump with uh, prominent orange hairs and a platinum coating. And that is thanks to the great abundance of the beautiful THC crystals that we all love so much. So it's got like a, a brief, heady onset, and then it settles into like a nice, uh, powerful, very physical, in-the-body sedative effect, a very melty, relaxing body effect. Uh, so it's like a muscle relaxing thing, good for muscle spasms if you've got that knot in your neck or a kink in, in your back. Um, it's akin to having had a good massage and you're just laying on the table, basking in a warm, floaty limbo land where there is no pain and there's no stress. 
and it's very calming. This strain is, is suitable for nighttime use or daytime if you're somebody that likes indicas and is used to using indicas in the daytime. Uh, if you're someone like me who is a sativa and you need to calm yourself from pain, stress, or you know anxiety relief, making this uh, precious strain a robust healer. If you have trouble falling or staying asleep, this is a good one for you. I have slept... Seriously, 12 hours uninterrupted, like when you were, were a child and you like closed your eyes and then you woke up and it was morning. Yeah, I was so surprised it was morning. I thought it had been five minutes. That's the kind of sleep you get with this strain. And for me, that's miraculous. Um, and uh, I think we lost Keith. Is Keith with us, with us or no? Keith, are you there? I think he dropped off. But uh, I was going to ask him if he had a favorite strain or uh, a way that he preferred to medicate. But, uh, you know, for me, I, I like to use, uh, because I have a lot of, of pain, um, uh, a lot of chronic pain. So I like to use edibles during the day. And then I use uh, uh, flowers to vape or concentrates to vape um, for what they call breakthrough pain. Um, and, uh, and this is just amazing for, for a breakthrough pain and, and it lasts a good long time. So, um, a big thumbs I'm curious, up. What, yeah. what is, what does it taste like? You know, I'm not a really much of a smoker. I've, I will very, very occasionally. I'm not a medical patient. I, I do smoke super occasionally and I think I, I'm not a, a consumer often enough to really be able to test or, or, or feel or, or taste the flavors from cannabis to cannabis. So I'm curious what, what this kind of tastes like for Um you. So all of the OGs uh, to me have a kind of a similar um, flavor and the, the way that they taste, a lot of it has to, well, there's a lot of different um, factors that can affect the taste, like how the, the product is cured, um, whether it was grown in soil or whether it was grown hydroponically, because uh, strains that are grown with soil have a very distinct taste uh, that, that a lot of people love, um, and then some people don't love. Uh, and so most of the products that you're going to be getting that are, uh, especially uh, some of the medical products will be hydroponically grown, but they all have their kind of um, uh, taste. And, and the terpenes have a, a huge effect on the taste, as well as if they're dried properly. Because I've been seeing a lot of product around lately that looks beautiful, and then it has, like, no taste uh, and really no smell. Um, but the Platinum OG, and I'm going to give you, I have to uh, take a quick bong hit just so that I can give you a fresh review. And by the way, if you go on Leafly, they have a really cool thing where it will tell you uh, where the Platinum OG is available in your area. But I can tell you the MMG Platinum OG you can uh, get um, in Nevada. And uh, <laughs> uh, it's worth a trip. So I'm going to say the Platinum OG has uh, like a kind of, hmm, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of an earthy flavor. And uh, it's a very pungent, like a, a little piney of a flavor, like a Christmas tree. 
um, it's pungent and it sting it's it stings my nose a little bit. Uh, so it's got a little it may have some myrcene in it. I, I don't have the um, lab results right in front of me, but uh, it's very earthy, like like uh, like the a little like. Um, like the, the earth, like the dirt. And I know that sounds not appetizing, but <laughs> it does earthy. to me. I, I'm a yeah. big tea drinker. And actually, like just hearing your description of it sort of is making my mouth water. It's really interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's super pungent. So it's, it's a dank, you know, you hear that expression, it's dank, but it's super dank. And, uh, and it, I would say it probably uh, has some pinene in it um, because uh, I, I'm, I'm detecting some pinene in the flavors. And, uh, and I mean, I, I, you know, I've been smoking it throughout the episode and I'll say I'm a little couch lucky now. So <laughs> good thing is we're at the just end of the honest, hour. <laughs> just being honest, uh, but you know, we're almost there. We got three minutes to close and Hey, I, I say no episode should be uh, done until, until, uh, uh, we feel, we feel fantastic. So I hope you guys, uh, are feeling as good as I am. And, and if you're not, I suggest you, uh, you check out, um, some either good CBD products, a nice cream, or something like that, maybe a CBD massage oil or uh, some platinum OG, and uh, take a nice bath and uh, <laughs> enjoy the rest of your day. Um, so uh, <laughs> until next week, um, so <laughs> thank you so much for listening and for your support. If you didn't catch the whole show or you know you want to turn a friend on to it, uh, new episodes go first to Voice America, and then the archived episodes are there as well at as anywhere you like. That's right. You can listen free on iTunes, Google Play, Kindle, Twitch. You can find us on any of your favorite podcast hosts compatible with your favorite uh, listen live or listen later. Just listen and spread the word. Be a part of the show and share your photos by posting to social media. Ask questions. We love feedback. Are you a sativa, an indica, a hybrid? What's your best medible recipe? Share it with the community. What do you want to know? There are no stupid questions. Do you have a cute dog? Or questions about service dogs? Or questions about emotional support animals? Send us a pic of yours. Do you have a product you would like me to review? Questions for growers, doctors, medical manufacturers? Tell me what you really want to know but are afraid to ask because I'll ask almost anything. Do you need help if you are suffering seriously in pain and you need help I am here for you at Eva at EverydayCannabisRadio.com. You are never alone because Boris and I got your back. Until next week, check out Keith Stroop, my cannabis hero and legends book, uh, Normalizing Cannabis, and uh, it's normal to smoke pot. Keep your minds and hearts open. Be the change you want to see in the world. Boris says, please do something nice for a dog you know. And remember, no sticks, no seeds, no shames. Satnam, namaste, and adios, amigos. Thank you for tuning in to Everyday Cannabis. Please join Eva Sativa for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, no sticks, no seeds, no shame. <laughs>